0: dr rick dropping in on you hope everybody is having an unbelievable week with midway through hopefully things are going the way you want them to and even if they're not remember what i always say if you're still breathing you're still in the fight one thing that you have to learn in this life is that not everything is going to fall into place something else you're going to have to learn in this life is understanding that the things you want the most are the things you're going to have to fight hardest for. You're going to have to line up. You have to be consistent. You're going to have to be committed. And so no matter where you're at, if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. Stand up. Get up. Square your shoulders. Have the right mindset. I tell people all the time, gratitude is so powerful. The first thing out of my mouth every morning when I wake up before I even roll out of the bed is thank you. I don't have to think about what I'm being thankful for. The fact that I open up my eyes and I could actually think to say thank you is the beginning of being able to be grateful. And then you can find so many other things to be grateful for. But what you're training your mind to do also is look for reasons to be thankful. When you say I'm, when you say thank you, it automatically triggers the brain. The brain is OK. What are we thankful for? And it's looking for things. It's not looking for things to complain about because that's not what you said. You said. Thank you. So it's telling the brain what your search is, what what you're focused on. You're focused on gratitude. You're focused on being grateful. So I want to I want to put that on your mind. Look, uh, it's Wednesday. It's wealth building Wednesday, not to be confused with Money Monday. Money Monday it's about generating revenue. Wealth building Wednesday it's about how to literally take the money you generate and use it to build assets that work for you even when you're not working. Uh wealth is simply the ability to create passive streams of income that produce the money you need to live the last lifestyle you want to lead without you having to show up and work for it. Okay. And so wealth isn't necessarily an amount of money, it's a type of lifestyle. It is the ability to generate what you need to live your life in a way that you don't have to show up and work for it, that you have passive streams of income, that you have balanced out and diversified, a bunch of other stuff we're going to talk about. Okay. Before I get started, I want to remind you, for those of you who are looking to take a journey into understanding and building and learning the principles of wealth building, uh, I invite you to join Legacy Wealth. Enroll in Legacy Wealth. It's a combination of program that teaches the principles of wealth building while also working as a mastermind group. So in other words, you're going to have access to people who can give you ideas about where you're going. Uh, there will be no products sold. There will be no investments offered. Nobody selling you anything, trying to get you to do anything. This is where you're going to come and learn This is where you're going to come and say, this is my idea and have someone put some foundation underneath it and say, these are the steps you take. You make the choices on the steps you take. You choose uh, the assets that you want to get involved with. But you have to have an understanding. Uh, The link to join legacy wealth is in there. We're going to start real basic this week. This week is just about four principles that I have come across and uncovered and read about and for years and when you start talking to the ray dalios the david Swinsons, the uh <clears throat> jack vogels uh the the warren buffets and all of these people that are known for managing hedge funds and investing and playing the stock market and in creating all of this wealth. When you listen to them, there are four principles that pop out no matter what route they took. All of them are doing something distinctly different on a grand scheme, but the principles of investment and how they entered into these are really, really, truly interesting because there are four principles. And I want to talk to you about the four principles and then we'll be done. Again, if you're really, truly interested in doing something, and again, wealth building, just like Uh, creating riches isn't an overnight success. It isn't something you said, oh, I got it now, you go out and do it. It's about learning because a great deal of what's going to happen in wealth building is a shifting in thinking it's a shifting in thinking because there are going to be things that will happen when you're doing this that will make you think, man, the last thing I am right now is rich. The last thing I am now is wealthy. And the truth of the matter is you may be more wealthy than you think. You're just in a space, in a process of evolving in a certain area. And you need to understand that because the way we think about money is actually why we end up where we end Mm. up. So however you are looking to go and what your magic number is. And that's the thing is everybody needs to have a magic number of what it takes. See, everybody doesn't want every uh, everything that everybody else wants. So your level or your number to achieve as far as wealth is concerned is going to be different. The person who wants the lavish lifestyle, wants to have a, uh, you know, a 50, 60 foot yacht, wants to travel the world constantly, wants to have multiple, uh, Residents in multiple cities in multiple countries. Obviously, their number is going to be different than the person says. Man, I want a nice home. I want to relax somewhere. I want to retire when I'm 40. You know, travel maybe once or twice a year. Uh, and your number is going to be different. Uh, you know, me personally, last thing I want is a yacht. But you know, or and I don't need a private punt. You know, and, and and any of that other stuff. Uh, you know, and maybe I'll get to a point one day where that'll be on my list, but there are a bunch of other things I do want. And so I know what my number is. And so everything is about setting a number because you need to have these things in mind because your mind is the place of conception. Conception is the place where everything that you are going to manifest in your life is birth. You are literally living the results of your thinking. And so you have to be able to think properly before you can ever act properly. And so that's going to be a part of that. So if you're really, truly looking to take that journey, uh, the enrollment fee is extremely affordable for what you're going to get under $1,000. And this is going to be a six-month program is for a study, but this is going to be a mastermind program that is ongoing. So you're going to be in, once you're in, it's a lifetime mastermind group. Eventually, you're going to be one of the masterminds. And that's the goal is to create more and more people who understand this, who can teach other people about it, because there's this idea that wealthy is the person with the billion dollars living in the penthouse. And actually, there are a bunch of people walking by you every day who have achieved it and you would never know it. But they're living a life different in one way, just in the fact that they're not as stressed out as the average person about money. Because they are they're set. They they've learned how to use insurance, uh, life insurance as a living benefit versus just having it as a death benefit. They've learned, man, insurance is a powerful mechanism in wealth building. We're going to talk a lot about that uh, in coming weeks. But here, here's here are the four principles I want to talk to you about today. What I found is the wealthiest of investors when you interview them, when you read their writings, their books, their interviews, whatever it is, there are four things that come up consistently, no matter who they are. The first thing is where most people enter into an investment thinking about what they're going to make. The most astute investors are more concerned about what they stand to lose. So they are more risk averse in the sense of how much am I going to lose? And that's going to get into the next thing that they do. But they focus on what they're going to lose more than what what they stand to lose versus what they stand uh, to gain. And so that's extremely important. That uh, That's one of the first principles. Hey, I, I, how many gamble constantly on something when they think it's a lot to gain, but they're not looking at what they're losing, and they're constantly losing because they're not paying attention to it. I'm not saying you don't take risk. You're going to have to take risk. Everything that you're talking about, any investment you get in, it may be low risk, but it's always going to be a risk. Now, the next thing is they use a principle uh, known as asymmetric risk reward. What is asymmetric risk reward? It means that the risk they are taking isn't in alignment are equal to what they stand to gain you hear it all the time you gotta you gotta you gotta you know have a lot of money to make a little money you gotta have a whole bunch of money and, and they're actually the opposite uh you know the average person is man i'm gonna put a, a hundred thousand in to make twenty thousand and that is reversed asymmetric and so asymmetric risk reward says I'm going to put in 20,000 to make 100,000. And that's the way they think. What is the least amount of, what, where are the deals where I can put the least amount in and stand to make the most amount of money? So what they're doing is they're hedging one way and they're going to hedge a number of different ways. The first way they're going to hedge is they're going to hedge with asymmetric risk reward. Even you know, I'm standing to gain a lot, but I'm risking little. If I consistently do that, even the times I lose, I don't lose as much And you're always standing to gain so much more. So it makes sense. It makes business sense to them to sit up and invest 20 to make 100 versus investing 100 to make 20. You could literally lose $100,000 trying to get 20,000 more. Whereas in they could stand to gain 100,000 just using 20. If they lose the 20, they invest again and they find it. And no one goes without losing. That's just the bottom line. Investing, you are going to lose at times. And I'm going to get to how you work against that before it's over, because one of the principles is going to deal with that. So you have an awareness of what you stand to lose. You focus on asymmetric risk reward. The third one is a big one. And most people don't think about this. They know before they make the investment what their tax liability is going to be, how much of what they earned in gains Is going to be taxed. How much are they going to have to give to the IRS? And they create these shelters, they create these mechanisms that protect them from that. They use corporations, they use trusts, they use a bunch of different things that they can funnel their earnings into that protects them from higher liabilities. But they are going to be keenly aware of what it's going to cost them in taxes. They you can lose so much in taxes if you don't understand tax code, if you don't understand tax engagement, tax liability. So they are very keen on understanding, hey, I'm going to make this, but about this much of it is going to taxes. And so the idea is to make as much as you possibly can, control as much as you possibly can without having to give up as much in taxes. So you have Uh, An awareness of what you stand to lose, asymmetric risk reward, and a keen understanding of your tax liability. What's the fourth? The fourth is diversity uh, across assets. In other words, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Remember I told you that asymmetric risk reward is one way to uh, hedge. The other way to hedge in your investments is diversity diversity says that I am going to invest in multiple assets. I'm going to invest in multiple opportunities. What am I doing when I do that? Number one is I'm taking advantage of opportunities across assets. When you do that, you reduce the risk of being wiped out. If I put all my eggs in one basket, it may be great while it's riding high, but all it takes is for that industry or that particular company or that particular investment to hit rough times, and then I'm out of the game. But if I diversify, say I've got ten different things that I've done my homework on. I've looked at it. I've researched it. I've studied it. I believe in the companies I'm investing in. I believe in the situation I'm investing in. I believe in the new business owner startup I'm investing in, whatever it is. And I've got 10 of them that are in 10 different asset columns. They're not the same. The chance of all of those asset columns crashing at the same time and just going kaput, Is not likely you go. And here's the thing. Say if I win eight and lose two, I still win. Number one is I'm also hedging asymmetrically. So that means that I'm putting a little in the gain, a lot. So if I win in eight and I've gained mathematically all eight are and this isn't real. This isn't what what normally happens, but all eight have the same amount invested with the same asymmetric risk reward uh, dynamic and I lose two. I made up for it. I've made up for it in, in, in so I'm winning. The thing is you're never going to win in all columns all the time. There may be those great days or great months where you're winning across the board you just hit the you know you hit it right on the head. but what you want to do is you want to diversify you're hedging against loss you're hedging against bad movement in any particular market. So you're diversifying your assets. You got your assets in multiple columns where one particular catastrophic event isn't going to devastate you. And those are the four principles that I see no matter who I look at, no matter what they're into, no matter how they built their riches, if they're investing, they have a clear understanding of what they stand to lose with every investment they make. That's the first thing they look at. As a matter of fact, the first thing they look at is what do I stand to lose? Well, you stand to lose what's at risk. First and foremost, how much money are you putting into it? Because you stand to lose it all. That's a part of investing. So how much I stand to lose? OK. Then I'm going to look at the asymmetric risk reward and determine how much versus what I stand to lose and make sure it makes sense to me what i'm going to do if it's you know whatever my asymmetric number is one to five um one to ten you know i I've, I've heard some guys man they don't do it unless it's one eight meaning that for every dollar i invest i stand to gain eight for every dollar i invest i stand it you got to have an understanding of what's going on it's it's a numbers game and you've got to know how to play the numbers so the asymmetric risk reward says i'm only going to invest this amount to try to get this amount that's that's the way. That's I'm looking at the numbers. I'm put. Uh, I'm working the numbers, and that's what it says to me. So I get into it. So now I have that hedge. Then I come back and I double back with another hedge. Say, I'm not just going to do this one investment. I'm going to diversify my portfolio by investing in at, across assets, meaning that I'm, I'm I may be in oil, I may be in um, retail, I may be in jewelry, I may be in other forms of energy. Uh, I may be in technology. Uh, There's uh, so many different spaces that you can you can get invested in. And then in each one of those for like technology, there are numerous companies you can get into in technology. Numerous. You can get into technology and retail with Apple. Uh, So all of these different ways that you can play the game. And then here's one thing that I, I, I brought to you last week. This is the thing I'm going to keep hammering home because this is the place that most people are missing: compound growth. Find a way to compound, and one of the easiest way to to find a way to to have to, to uh, create compound growth in investments is an index. Uh, the most popular and well known index is the S and P 500. The Vanguard also the Vanguard 500 pretty much mirrors. The S&P 500. So either one is OK. Me, put, more people feel safer with S&P because they've heard it. Name recognition, uh, obviously, but the Vanguard has performed such. And here's the thing is, I always talk conservatively when I talk about index, the index, uh, especially the s and I normally talk about 8.2. The truth of the matter is, over the last 30 years, it's pretty much been around 10 percent. So 10% a couple of times, 8.2, but the lowest has been at 8.2. And I normally, when I do calculators and I showed you last week, you can go online and find a interest calculator anywhere, compound interest. And you could put the amount of money you want to invest, the amount of years you're planning on investing it, the uh, amount of interest you plan on getting and whether you're getting it monthly or annually or whatever, you can put it all in there and it'll tell you how much you'll have at this particular point in time in your investment strategy, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. Indexing is best for long term investments like 20 years. But if you have the money to go hard in the paint, it's going to be dependent upon what you put in on any given time. If you're putting in uh, several thousand dollars a month, it's going to work for you real nicely over the long term. And it has performed consistently, even with downturns in the market and upturns in the market. But you need to find other ways to create compound Uh, growth. Um, And so there are some other ways to get into it, and we're going to talk about those in the future. But I just wanted to bring to you this week uh, four principles that are going to be extremely important if you're going to really, truly get into the game of investing, which has got to be a major part of your wealth building strategy, is what am I going to invest in? Why should I invest in it? Uh, Here's been what I've learned. Real estate is still the most solid uh, asset that you can have long-term. Uh, it is solid. However, real estate can be a little bit more expensive to get into, and you may not have a lot on front, but you want to get started for as little as $10. You can get started in the S and P. And the thing is the game is yes. milk. Exactly. Exactly. Um, she's talking about a Roth IRA and how, uh, she's funding and she's using it in an index. That index, that compounding. And here's the here's a here's the thing. The number one enemy of wealth is debt. When you talk about a person's net worth, which you hear all the time, so and so's net worth, so and so's net worth. When you talk about net worth, what you're talking about is the total uh, uh, value of all of their assets minus their debts, and that's their net worth. Here's the problem with compounding. Most people are actually compounding their debt, their home, their cars, revolving credit cards. All of those things are compounded debt because they are accumulating a compounded interest, especially a home. Look at what if you look at what you pay for your home over 30 years. Versus what you would pay for if you pay cash for it. now, granted, the average person can't go out and pay cash for their home. So it puts you in a situation, but you should be looking for it. That's why interest rates are so important when you buy a home. Why? Because it's going to tell you the bottom line of what you're going to pay on the totality of that contract. Well, here's the thing. The average person isn't building, they're they're accumulating debt, which is taking them further and further away from their wealth. I I often tell people that your first move towards building wealth is eliminating debt. Uh, Another another option is 15-year mortgage. Uh, something else I tell you take the 15 year mortgage, but you come up with a plan to pay it off in 10. And if you're managing your money, right, if you're prioritizing, right, you should be able to do that. You should be able to pay off your house in 10 years. Okay. So that's going to reduce the cost even more. Um, if you are in a space where you can create other opportunities for yourself, uh, through investments and in other properties, for instance, you, you can use that to help pay off the house quicker and then use those properties to generate revenue to where they pay for themselves. Again, if they're paying for themselves, they are assets, not liabilities. And you have to understand all of this. And we're going to get into understanding the difference between asset and the liability because a lot of people believe a lot of the things that are actually liabilities are assets and they're not. But here, here's the thing. When you have... Um, a situation where you're accumulating debt the first thing you need to do is learn how to eliminate the debt come up with a plan a simple plan of eliminate uh eliminating the debt and when you do that you're automatically moving towards your number you are just in the neck people don't realize a lot of times you're in the negative So in order to move towards your number, you start eliminating debt that puts you closer to your number. Then you start uh, creating assets, accumulating assets. And most people think, well, you need $100,000 to get into the investment game. No, you need 10. And there's maybe a place you can do it for less than that, but you need 10. You can get on, there are so many apps right now to where you can get into the market and you can, as little as $10, buy a, a, a fraction of a share. And that share... Well, you know, and you learn what you learn about the companies and everything out there. Most of them will allow you to buy fractions of a share. You buy you need to do is get yourself in the game to learn how the market moves. Now you pay attention to that. And the good thing about not having a lot to put in initially is you're not putting in a lot to risk, but you can gain some ground. Think about the people who were bold enough to jump on that uh Bitcoin thing when it was a hundred dollars. Uh, however they're breaking in a hundred dollars uh a share or whatever and it's some mad crazy number now last time I looked at 18 thousand I have to look at my my thing and see but it, it's crazy imagine the people jumped on then yeah they they won big time and then that was this big peak and then it kind of come it's come down some but that's a crazy market and not everybody's ready for that but there's all these other things out there that are a lot more solid again that index. Is solid. Uh it's not fast. I tell people all the time be careful with people who try to talk you into active trading, day trading, uh, which you know is hyper trading. You got people who are, you know, hyper trade, which they're in and out of trades in an hour and move around. Uh they're buying and selling, buying and selling, buying and selling. I'm a buy and hold person. Find something that's solid, that's worth something, and invest in it and hold it. It's yours now. You own a piece of that company. You own a piece of that company the moment you invest in it. Hold that ownership. That is a part of your net worth now. Stop buying and selling because that's a way, quick way to get rich, but it's also the fastest way to go broke. Absolute fastest way to go broke is trying to play that rapid change uh, day trading stuff with the stock market. You buy and hold. Buy stuff of value that has proven track records of being able to survive turbulent markets and just sit there. You're going to have some stuff go up and down, go up and down. One of the uh, things that Ray Dalio says, Ray Dalio uh, manages the largest hedge fund in the world. In the last I checked, it was $165 billion. And he says that the stock market is the only place where things are going to sell and people panic. What is he saying? He says when the market uh, crashes or it, it corrects downward, it is now a bear market. It's being pushed down or it may even go into crisis, but it's down. Uh, everybody panics and starts selling. Do you know that there are people sitting around waiting on you to do that have you ever uh investing especially in the stock market is it what's known as a zero sum game What does that mean somebody wins somebody loses so you don't want to be on the losing end you ever think that if I have some stock that was a hundred dollars a share and something happened and that stock crashed. And now it's worth $10 a share. And I'm just saying, man, I want to get something out of it before it just crashes. So I sell it at $10 a share. You ever wonder who's the fool on the other end buying it? Actually, they're not fools. They're called crisis investors. What they do is they know which businesses, which companies are going to perform. They have a very good idea based off of their experience, which companies are going to recover from a crisis, from a downturn in the market and recover uh, all or even more than what was lost in stocks. And they sit around and wait for people to panic and sell them. I tell people all the time that if you've really done your homework in a company and you are solid and you believe, unless you just have some real reason to believe this company is never coming back, you haven't realized your loss until you sell you can see your stocks falling but you haven't lost yet because you haven't finalized the uh, transaction of selling your stock you lose when you sell for less than what you bought bought it for so what you do is you hold it and you trust. That when the market corrects, and it always does, we normally have market downturns every four or five years. And there's been some crazy stuff going on the last 15 years. That recession really did some stuff. And so we had this hyper recovery. And now we're starting to see the bubble do some things with the recovery. And we're seeing the market do some crazy things. We're also concerned with the value of the dollar. And I'm going to get into currency valuation and all that stuff later. But here is the bottom line. Hold it because you haven't realized the loss until you sell. Once you sell, now you get what you got. And that loss is final. And you've got to be thinking. That's the first thing I I, I thought about when I first tried to start trying to learn about stocks is if something is going bad and I want to sell it, who's the dumbass on the other end buying it? Actually, that's the smart dude. So here is the train of thought know what you stand to lose create situations in which you have asymmetric risk reward you're investing way you investing way less than what you stand to gain complete flip of what most of us have been told all, our whole life understand your tax liabilities and diversify diversify across assets those are the four principles that i want to share with you today i hope that you get uh Uh, something from that. Again, for those of you who want uh, to take this journey with us as we start to lay the foundation. And my whole thing here is to create a mindset and an understanding that you start somewhere, that you start somewhere, that you build and you build it. And and, and, and don't rush it because when you rush it, you put, put, put pieces in places they don't belong. And if they don't belong there, they won't hold and they won't stand. And it creates uh, a lack of sturdiness and steadiness in, in the foundation. And the wrong thing at the wrong time will cause things to crumble. Don't ask me how I know. Uh, just trust me. So what what I want to show you is a solid way to do this. Now, obviously, when it comes to indexing, the beautiful thing about the indexing is the earlier you start, the better you're off. So this is something we want to be teaching our our youth as they go off to school or as they start their new lives as adults. Hey, look. Get into indexing because this could set you up real sweet about 20 years from now. Now, for those of us who are a little bit later on in life, we're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive if we're going to use indexing because we don't have 20, 40 years. But it's still viable. We're just going to have to be more aggressive and we're going to have to be careful about where we put it, but we can still make it happen. But the thing is it's it's the knowledge. Here's, here's the greatest resource of your wealth, your mind. What you can know and learn in your mind will help you navigate the challenges that you're going to face in life and help you put yourself in a position financially, uh, socially, uh, relationally, in your career, in every other way. It starts with what you're able to create and come up with in your mind. The thing is, there are some things that you haven't We haven't even seen yet that somebody who joins this mastermind may come up with a create that opens up a new door of opportunity. Also, if you guys get in this group and decide you want to collaborate with one another and create something that's possible, Uh, there's no end to what can be done, but it has to be done with starting. And so that's going to be my challenge. Start. If it's ten dollars, start. What can you pay off? Uh, Pay off credit. Not using any credit cards. Pay off, cancel. Uh, Why? Because that debt is working against you. That debt is hurting you. And if you ever need your credit to actually sit up and make a move to make money, you want it to be there. You don't want it to be so drained and strained that you can't get what you want because you've maxed it. So play the game play the game the way they play the game, play the game to to win. And here's the here's the reality of it in this world. There are two primary types of people. When we start talking about finance, there's the consumer. And there's the creator. There's the person that's investing and creating and making offers and doing things that other people will buy into. And then there's the consumer just sitting out spending money on everything and not preparing and building anything, build it. Build it and build it in a way that you can live the life you want to live off of it so that if you never work another day in your life, you can consistently do that. See, that's how you retire. You don't retire with a 401k. You don't retire with a pension. You don't retire with a nest egg. You retire with passive streams of income that consistently support the lifestyle you've always lived. You don't scale back. You don't sit up and do that. Me, personally, I'm not retiring. Now, I'm probably going to move to some remote location and chill, but I'm going to still do me. I'm still going to travel. I'm still going to do my live events. I'm still going to work with a certain number of clients one-on-one. That's just what I'm going to do that until I can't do it. And that's just who I I don't want to retire. I want my mind constantly working on ways to be better and help other people be better. That's the way I want to live my life completely. But I will reach a point to where what I'm doing isn't being done because I have to. And that's the goal. Get to that number and then let things happen for you. That's the place I'm headed to. That number, that number that says I'm good from here on out. I've set it up enough to where whatever's coming, I can withstand it, make necessary corrections, necessary corrections to keep moving. That's where you should want to be. That's where you should get uh, uh, yourself and your mind situated. There is going to be an opportunity over the course of the next year or so to make a major move. How you position yourself now is going to be dependent on how point take that. People talk about luck all the time, and I I, I use that old adage: "Luck chances to prepare." And I'm like, what in the hell does that mean? I hear, it all, what does it mean? What it actually means is luck in its definition. I'm not a real big luck person. I believe you create your fortune. You create your fortune in situations. You got to make them happen. I don't wait on luck happen. But here's the truth: if you're talking about luck being uh, opportunity by chance. It just seems to have popped up out of nowhere. There's a, uh, that comes in everybody's life two or three times at least. Major crazy opportunity. The problem is, very few people are in a position to take advantage of the opportunity when it comes, or they don't have the mental cre- uh, or uh, imaginative creation. Uh, creativity to come up with a way to take advantage of it because they have been con- uh, constrained to an idea of how something is done. And because they don't have that means to do it, they feel it can be done. So they pass on it. Stop passing on opportunities, figure out a way to take advantage of it. Opportunity falls in your lap, figure it out. Because that's that one in of three opportunities in your life where you're going to get that type of opportunity that you didn't go out and create for yourself. Take advantage of it. It could be the life changer, but most of the stuff you're going to be do, but you have to be ready and you have to be prepared. That's the thing that you want to do every day is be more and more and more prepared. Um, that's, that's the, that's it for this week. Look again, for those of you who want to be a part of what we're doing at legacy wealth uh, enroll, join uh, the link is in the box. It's a great opportunity. It's a one-time investment. We're going to keep pushing this. We're going to keep growing this. Uh, We're going to keep expanding the minds of people to take control of their lives, Uh, first and foremost, by being able to create situations where they generate their own revenue and eventually turning that revenue into wealth building mechanisms. And we're going to show how that is done on Money Monday and Wealth Building Wednesday and within the mastermind group, Legacy Wealth. So for those of you who are ready to sit up and make it and take a step by step again, This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. No one is going to be selling you any investments or asking you to invest in anything. Now, if you want to get with someone and partner on something after you get in and you guys agree with it, but as far as the leadership, which starts with me, there's nobody going to come in and say, invest in this. Hey, I got this. That's not what this is about. This is about teaching. This is about giving you what you need to take your game to the next level and play at a level that most people feel is reserved for only the elite and certain other people. No The level is made for anybody who makes up in their mind they want to get there. And that's the thing we're going to drive and strive for. So, again, I'm challenging everybody to be prepared to go the distance and do the things they need to do to make what they want out of their lives. On that note, I'm going to get off of here, get ready for more things. I hope to see some of you guys enroll. On that note, I'm out of here.